it is First Glance with Jody Vance, but technically, I guess this is a second glance. If uh, you follow us along on equity.guru, you know that I've spoken to uh, the gentleman at Mountain Valley MD before, Dennis Hancock. Good to see you again. Great to see you, Jody. And you brought in some serious uh, muscle with you there as uh, the science side is with us. The director of life sciences, in fact, at uh, Mountain Valley MD, Mike Farber, is also with us. Thanks for doing this, Mike. This is how we roll here at uh, First Glance with Jody Vance. We get excited about uh, emerging companies and we share it with our viewers and our listeners. And certainly Mountain Valley MD has had some exciting news to share. Even it's only been a couple of weeks since we spoke with you last. And, and why don't you guys just dive right in and tell us the latest? What's the update? Yeah, perfect. Uh, you're very excited. Today we had a really uh, great uh, press release that went out describing uh, a test that we're doing uh, with our solubilized ivermectin in a format that will fully uh, demonstrate its ability to clear COVID-19. And uh, it's generally a very, very difficult study to conduct and design. Um, it's in a BSL-4 lab, which there's less than 30 of those even available in the And often projects would take three years to schedule. And we are starting, uh, after we presented some of our preclinical data and showing them, you know, how real the work we're doing and how impactful it is. Uh, we are, you know, going ahead full speed. I signed that late yesterday and we are starting at the end of February. So for those who perhaps didn't see our first chat, uh, when we're talking about ivermectin, we are speaking about that very available, affordable, widely used and safe drug that we might know from the veterinarian more so than elsewhere. Mike, can you give us an idea about uh, sort of the Coles notes on ivermectin and how it is now going from the bench to the bedside uh, in this time of COVID-19 with such impactful possibilities? In terms of ivermectin, if you look back, it was a drug that was discovered approximately 30 years ago. Its real impact in human health has been basically in places like Africa, where it's used as an antiparasitic. A lot of people know, but uh, ivermectin has been dosed over 2 billion times in humans in the African continent and is very effective in clearing the body of a number of types of parasites. In North America, we really look at it uh, mm -hmm. such as in things like heart guard, where it's used as an antiparasitic and to prevent things like heart uh, worm disease. So it's a very popular drug, a very effective drug, very safe, already proven to be extremely safe in human use. But now, uh, only recently, within the last nine months or so, was even realized that it had very potent antiviral properties. So now it's basically a drug that is a generic drug, very cheap, as you say, that can be repurposed to be an antiviral. The real thing is that because of its low solubility, it has very poor bioavailability. And as an antiviral, you need to have a fairly high circulating amount in the body. And the only way to achieve that, we believe effectively, is with our tech technology. So give us the Coles notes on the technology, because I find this fascinating. When, uh, when Dennis and I first spoke of this a few weeks back, it was mind boggling. It has really stuck with me and certainly is a piece of the investor's puzzle when you're thinking about where you want to be investing your money and the technologies and moving forward. This is certainly, well, frankly, groundbreaking. Yeah, it is. Mm -hmm. So um, when you look at this type of drug, the macrocyclic lactones, the BCS class two drugs, they're 
highly lipophilic, very poorly soluble. So what we discovered was when we were working on the drug, even with our novel delivery technology, we ran into this wall that we couldn't get it into the technology, the delivery technology well enough. So I went back to the drawing board. I looked at what had been done before and said, okay, how can we solve the problem? And luckily enough, through a combination of well-accepted excipients, we discovered that we could make ivermectin 5,000 times more soluble than its original form. And then that, when testing that, we then <clears throat> found that its bioavailability, either sublingually in our, in our wafer form, or and now we could inject it, that we got 500 to 800% increases in bioavailability. Now what we're doing is we're proving that this increase that we've been able to achieve in bioavailability will now equate to an increase in viral clearance. And what I have to say is one of the most important things is this drug will not only have application to COVID-19, but to all the types of, of viruses like influenza, uh, uh, hentavirus. Most of these RNA viruses that are really contagious and afflict mankind can be treated with uh, well-solubilized ivermectin, either as a prophylactic or in the hospital frontline setting as an injectable. So it gives me goosebumps what, to hear you speak to the magnitude of that. Like COVID, obviously top of mind for everybody, but this has far reaching effects and future reaching effects possibly when we are hit with the next round of whatever COV3 that might be, you know, on the horizon. This is literally that, that piece of the puzzle that is so integral to managing these devastating viruses. Yeah. Anyone that's, that's in this space, Jody would, would understand that this is nature's softball. If I were to use a slow pitch analogy, we have seen nothing yet as far as something that could be much more devastating. Um, I was reading this morning, there's over $27 trillion so far allocated to the economic impact of COVID. We all know that horrible death toll over 2 million. Uh, and this is just a warm up from other nature. We need to, we need to be ready to do amazing things on this, but we also need to be thinking what is in our biodefense war chest uh, in the future, spending less money on war preparation and taking human health, you know, very, very seriously. And Mike, can I ask you this when it comes to, for me, and again, I'm a novice, I, I, I'm not a medical professional, nor am I uh, very knowledgeable when it comes to the business piece. I'm more the collector of information. I love being able to pick the minds of people like both of you. Um, but Mike, when it, when it comes to um, really looking at this delivery system, when you, when you talk about how this could influence, I, I think of it sort of a, when SARS hit, I lived in Ontario, and I remember when Tamiflu was made available. And that took the fear factor. I mean, SARS was coming for our young people, our healthy young people and our children. It was absolutely terrifying. Thankfully, did not go global. But I remember when Tamiflu came into play. Is ivermectin in this delivery form at the level that it needs to be similar to that in terms of containment or impacts? So what we're going to be proving in the testing we're doing in this BSL-4 lab, we hope to prove that two days of our treatment will completely clear the viral load. That means that two days, let's say you're in hospital, you get an injection, you get two injections over two days, you can go home and you're cleared of the virus. In terms of 
What it means in prophylaxis, it means you can give out to millions of people these wafers that we produce, and within two days, they can be cleared of the virus. Wow. Not only do you stop the virus from infecting people, but you stop its propagation because now it infects you and now it spreads to somebody else. So you right. stop that chain of propagation. Mm-hmm. The other thing that I have to point out is that if you do things quickly enough, and I mean, this is only one tool. We're not saying that vaccines aren't useful. We're not saying that developing vaccines aren't useful. What we're saying is this will mm-hmm. form an important part of the tool chest to deal with ongoing outbreaks and pandemics. What it does is if you can short circuit a virus very early in its spread, you stop the propensity for mutations. And as we well know, what's happening with COVID is it's reached a critical mass. And now you're seeing in various parts of the world that various mutations that will be more difficult to treat with vaccines, that will evade vaccines, that are more virulent, more contagious are occurring. So the real important thing is to be able to get ahead of a, of a viral outbreak at the beginning. And this, I think, will be an important part of any tool chest to do that. And the other piece for me is that uh, while people are constantly saying, the medical professionals are constantly saying, just because there is a vaccine now available and is coming, it can't help you if you get COVID-19. What you are proposing, that this ivermectin, whether sublingual or by... Uh, by injection can actually impact people who already have the virus. Is that right? It's a, it's basically a therapeutic and wow. a effective therapeutic. That is something else. I feel like I feel like we need to bookmark this moment. I mean, I'm having. I, hopefully, people watching and listening right now are, are feeling what I'm feeling because I'm authentically excited. It feels like a very hopeful breakthrough uh, that Mountain Valley MD uh, has in its tool chest. Uh, let's make sure that people know the the stock symbol is M as in Michael V, M as in Michael D as in David. So MVMD, Mountain Valley MD. And again, we're with Dennis Hancock, who is the CEO and the Director of Life Sciences in Mike Farber. And I'd be remiss if I let you guys go without talking about a, a couple of other things. You you sort of referenced the vaccine piece. I mean, being able to sort of get around that cold chain, which has been so laborious for countries around the globe, um, Mountain Valley MD is helping with that as well. Yeah, it's a great sort of reminder, even where you just ended in the last topic, that there's still going to be countries and and unfortunately the most disadvantaged economically that can't get the vaccine, whether it be for cost. And so the idea of a therapeutic will always be needed in the ivermectin lane, but we're also tackling the vaccine distribution from the other leg, as we talked last time I was on your show. And great having Mike with me here today, because we'll give you a little peek into the the science behind it, but just to refresh your memory, we're working with a dose sparing adjuvant, which is, you know, the hypothesis that we can use, you know, one twentieth of a drug. We can lay it into technology that would ship outside of cold chain. So it doesn't need the refrigeration extremes and then be easily rehydrated and administered in a local market. Um, Typically, you know, when you start to tackle um, something like polio, uh, you're, you're in talking about countries, unfortunately, that are the complete opposite of electricity infrastructure and the normal things that cold chain would require. So those projects are all moving well. And I think with, with Mike with me today, really great for you to go just a little bit deeper on some of the science and take advantage of his time. Do tell. 
Yeah, so in terms of the adjuvant, basically what we've done is taken a, a well-known adjuvant base, which is aluminum, which is proven to be safe in hundreds of mil, well, hundreds of billions of doses since it was invented 50 or 60 years ago. And we've modified it so that it, it we've reduced its size and increased its ratio of mass to surface. So we believe that change will dramatically affect its immune boosting properties. And what it does is allows the aluminum to migrate to lymph nodes where basically you have the, the most robust immune response. So we're now gonna be engaged with Dr. Clements, who's our top advisor, a vaccinologist, has worked with, uh, you know, at Tulane University, has worked in various roles across the world in terms of vaccine rollouts, very knowledgeable, and we've designed a, a way of validating how well our adjuvant will boost polio vaccine. The wow. other point is the combination between uh, how polio is normally done, which is intramuscular, and our adjuvant, and we'll look at another role, which is how will the adjuvant be combined with an intradermal way of dosing to further boost and reduce dosage. So we believe that combining our adjuvant with an intradermal dose system. Is that a disc? What's an intradermal dose system? A way of, of injecting where you're just going under the skin to about 100 microns. In gotcha. Depth. Okay, it's got it. Tricky, but there are systems which are coming to the forefront in terms of needleless injectors where you can basically adjust the strength of how the needle uh, or how the needleless spray impacts your skin to adjust it to the depth that you need. So interesting yeah. is becoming more and more acceptable through these needleless types of applicators. The That's idea is to prove that the combination of our adjuvant with an intradermal dose system will not just be additive, but might be synergistic. So that means we're not only reducing the dose, but reducing the dose dramatically. The other thing about the intradermal system that's really of interest to us in terms of promoting an IPV intradermal vaccine would be that unlike IPV now, we believe that we can boost what's called mucosal immunity. And that's one of the most important parts of what we have to achieve. Without mucosal immunity, when you inject people with IPV, what you do is you protect them against the virus entering their bodies but you do not protect them against the virus replicating in their gastrointestinal tracts. So I'll give you an example. And this was something I learned and I was taught by Dr. Clements, who's a real expert in this, is that it, for instance, in Israel, 95% of people have been vaccinated with IPV against polio, but yeah. they find live polio in, in the sewer systems. Why? Because even though the people are immune to the effects of polio, the virus can still replicate in their bodies and be shed as live virus. So hmm. all the people that are walking around are still reservoirs for the polio virus to live in, but they won't, don't show the effects. So it's basically like having a country full of typhoid Marys. They don't get the disease, but they're able to pass it on. Right. So really want to look at how to eradicate a disease. You have to look at eradicating the replication of the virus. And IPV will not do that. The problem is that the World Health Organization wants the world to focus on changing over all vaccination to IPV. 
for a number of reasons because OPV causes spontaneous outbreaks and there are a number of limitations to OPV, oral polio vaccine. Right. But when everybody is changed over to IPV, the only way to really be able to pronounce that polio has been eradicated in the world is to have an IPV that gives you a mucosal immune response. And the only way to do that is, we believe, with our approach to it. You guys are very busy breaking through what humanity needs right now at Mountain Valley MD. And I am so appreciative for this time. And I know that we will be talking what? Should we book this now, Dennis? Two weeks? Uh, what do you think? Right. <laughs> We're moving fast, so we should book it fast. Yeah. Let's do that. Let's move fast and let's follow along again. The stock symbol is MVMD, Mountain Valley MD. MVMD is the stock symbol. Always a pleasure to chat with you and nice to Thanks for doing this. My pleasure. Great to see you, Jody. Thanks for your time. Thank you.